0: Well, let's turn to James chapter 1. Over the last few weeks, we've seen that James, the, the author of this book, was the leader of the church in Jerusalem. And we saw that it's probably the case, we aren't 100% sure, but probably it's the case that the reason he's writing this letter is because some of the members of his church, the church there in Jerusalem, had to flee north to avoid persecution that was breaking out in Jerusalem. So he's writing this letter to people who've been members of his church who had to flee into northern Palestine, and they have left homes, and they have left property, they've left businesses, they've left possessions, and now they are essentially homeless refugees up in north Palestine. And so James is writing to people who have gone through and are facing great trials. So here's an overview of what he said so far to them in this letter. Okay, In in verses 1 and 2, in verse one, he greets them. There we go. Thanks, man. In verse one, he just says, greeting to you. I'm James. You know who I am? I'm writing this letter. That's verse one. Then in verses two through four, he urges them to count it all joy as they're encountering different trials. And the reason he gives them for why they should count it all joy when they encounter trials is because trials are a gift from God to purify our faith. Because the result of purifying faith is that we'll be more steadfast. We'll have the steadfastness we need to keep moving on the road to heaven. So he says, count it all joy. It's a gift from God to you of more steadfastness. That's verses 2 through 4. Now, James also knows that when we go through trials, we need wisdom, right? Trials bring all kinds of situations where we don't know what to do. And so in verses 5 through 8, he says, if you need wisdom, ask God. Ask him in faith. And God will give you all the wisdom you need. He'll give it generously and he'll give it to you without reproach. That's verses 5 through 8. And that brings us to verses 9 through 12. Now James also knows that one reason it's hard to count trials as joy is because trials often lower our social status. They lower our social standing before other people and that can be painful. Painful. So, for example, his readers, some of them, many of them, had gone from owning homes, property, lands, to now they own nothing. Lowering of social status. They'd gone from being well-known in Jerusalem to being unknown in northern Palestine. They'd gone from being well-respected in Jerusalem to being looked down upon in northern Palestine. And so in verses 9 through 12, James tells his readers how they should respond when God allows us to come into trials which lower our social status. Now, I would guess that some of us right here this morning, some of us are in trials right now which have lowered our social status. And that can be painful. For example, maybe some of you have people back in your home country who think it's foolish of you to be living in this country or to be staying in this country out of obedience to Jesus Christ, and that has lowered your social status in their eyes, and that's painful, right? Maybe others of you have people at work who, when they found out that you're a Christian, they look down on you. They get together in small groups and talk and laugh and make fun of you, and that's lowered your social status, and so that's a trial that can be painful to bear. Maybe you've lost your job. And some people are thinking less of you because of that. Or maybe someone has spread rumors about you, maybe in your neighborhood or a circle of relationships, and people are distancing themselves from you because of these rumors that have been spread. Your your social status has dropped, and that can be painful. So I'm sure there's people in this room right now where you are feeling the pain of having your social status recently drop, decline with some people around you. Years ago, when I was in high school, I played water polo. Anybody know about water polo? Water polo is like soccer in, the, in, in a swimming pool, okay? And uh, the summer before my last year of high school, I've told the story before, that's when I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And he saved me, forgave me, changed my heart, filled me. And I, just, I wanted to lead a Bible study on campus, started inviting water polo players to come to this Bible study. God was at work amongst water polo players. Amazing things were happening on campus But then my water polo coach heard about me leading this Bible study and and inviting water polo players to come. And he was not a Christian. He was against Christians. And so he started mocking me by calling me Reverend Fuller whenever he would see me. And he would go over the the roster of who's playing in this next game, go over position, so and so, Reverend Fuller, center, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so, so this is a lowering of social status for me with some of the people on the water polo team. They laughed, they mocked, they made fun, and it was painful. So when you go through a trial and there's a lowering of social status, that can be painful for us. And that's why in verses 9 through 12, James tells us how we should respond, what we should do at those times when our our social status is low. How should we deal with that? And look at what he says in verses 9 through 12. Start with verse 9. Let the lowly brother... Boast in his exaltation, and the rich in his humiliation, because like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass, its flower falls, and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away. In the midst of his pursuits. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him." Powerful four verses. Now notice in verses 9 and 10, James is contrasting two different people. He's contrasting the lowly brother, in verse 9 with the rich in verse 10 do you see that in your Bibles there lowly brother verse 9 the rich in verse 10 now the fact that James calls the the lowly person a lowly brother shows that the lowly brother is a believer so verse 9 the lowly one the one who's suffered this lowering of social status that's a believer but what about the rich person in verse 10 is that also a believer scholars don't agree they're kind of split like halfway down some say yes some say no so I studied, looked at their reasons, and I'll just share with you my conclusion, and you can do your own study and see what you think, but my conclusion is that the rich man in verse 10 is a believer, and there's two reasons I think that's the case. One is, I think the most, it's the most natural way to read verses 9 through 10, is to see James as saying, let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation, and then we need to add some words to verse 10, and let the rich brother boast in his humiliation. I think that's the most natural way to read it. Lowly brother boast exaltation, rich brother boast humiliation. That's one reason. Second reason I think that the rich man in verse 10 is a believer is because it would be strange, I think, for James to tell uh, a rich unbeliever that what he's supposed to do is boast in his humiliation. Like what, what does that mean? I would think James would say, repent of your sin and put your trust in Jesus if you're a rich Unbeliever. So my conclusion is, I think that the rich man in verse 10 is a believer. But like I said, scholars have kind of split 50-50 which way. You do your own study, but I'm going to take it that way for the rest of the sermon. Is that good? Okay, I knew, I knew it would be. All right, so verse 9. Let's start there, focus there. In verse 9, James starts with the lowly brother, someone with low social status. So if you feel like you've, you've got low social status, Take heart at what James says here. What does James say to believers with low social status? Verse 9, read it again. Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation. So if you have low social status, James is saying there's something you should boast in. Now, the word boast in English sometimes has the idea of being arrogant or proud in a negative way, looking down on other people. The Greek word doesn't have quite as much of a negative connotation. The the Greek word more has the idea of rejoicing in something, celebrating something. So what James is saying here is is that if you are in a low social status, let the lowly brother boast, rejoice, celebrate in your exaltation. That's what you should boast and rejoice and celebrate in. Your exaltation. Now, let me explain this word exaltation. Most of you probably don't need to hear this, but some of you might. It was very helpful when I first saw this, and that is the word exaltation can be confused sometimes with another word. The word exaltation with an A, which is what James is using here, has to do with somebody being lifted up, somebody being exalted, elevated. Okay, the word exaltation with a U has to do with happiness, joy, pleasure. Okay, you're rejoicing in something. So here James is using exaltation with an A. He's saying the lowly person, if if you're low in social status right now, boast, rejoice, celebrate in your future exaltation, your future lifting up. That's what James is saying. You know, what is this exaltation? What is this future lifting up? What's he talking about? And, And the best way, if you're studying the Bible and you come upon a question like that, like what does exaltation mean? The best way to answer that question is to look at verses before and verses after to see if you can find clues. So I looked at the verses before, couldn't find any clues there, started reading the verses after, and I came to verse 12, and bingo, right there, exaltation. Read verse 12, see if you can see what I saw there. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown. Crown, receive a crown that's exalting, right? He'll receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. I want you to notice connections between verses 9 and 12. Both these verses are saying the same thing in different words. First of all, verse 9, James is talking about a lowly brother. Verse 12, he talks about a, believer's, a believer who is under trials. Same thing, lowly brother, Brother who's under trials, same topic. Verse 9, James says this lowly brother should boast in something. He should rejoice, celebrate something. says the same thing in verse 12. This believer who's under trials is blessed. And this word blessed here means joy, be happy, rejoice. Same idea again. Then in verse 9, James says this lowly brother should boast in his exaltation. And in verse 12... James says, this believer who's under trials should boast in his, I'm sorry, is blessed because he'll receive the crown of life. So verses nine and 12 are saying the same thing in different words, which means the exaltation described in verse nine is the crown of life described in verse 12. That's the exaltation. So verse nine, James is saying, let the lowly brother boast rejoice in, celebrate the fact that he's going to be exalted with receiving the crown of life. Okay, now what exactly does that mean? What does that look like? Think about it like this. Whenever somebody receives a crown, they're exalted. So let's just say that I had a crown right here, like a real crown, which really signified majesty, royalty, authority, honor. So I've got this real crown right here. And let's say that I had the authority to give this to someone and to give them this honor and to recognize their majesty. So if I walked up to you in front of all these people and crowned you, gave you this crown, you would be exalted among all the people that are here. You feel that? If I walked right up to you and said, here, you're receiving this crown, you'd be exalted, lifted up with all the people in this room. And that's what God's going to do with you. At the end of history, because you've trusted Jesus you followed him and some of those paths took you into places of low social status, at the end of history, God is going to crown you and exalt you before all of humanity. That's what James is telling us here. Now, this is not about you being better than other people. It's it's that God is telling all of humanity, he's pleased with you. You were doing the right thing the reason you were in a low social status wasn't because you were doing the wrong thing. It was part of God's call. God called you to that season of life. And so he's going to be telling all of humanity, my son, my daughter, I'm pleased with this son, this daughter who did the right thing, was faithful to following me, even when following the path of obedience brought them into a time of low social status. And so he will, he will crown you before all of humanity. Now, this exalting isn't going to make you feel proud or cocky because it's going to be clear to you, to everybody else, it's going to be clear that the only reason he can exalt you, because we're all sinful people, so the only reason he can exalt you is because he sent Jesus to be the sacrifice to pay for your sins and because he in his mercy changed your heart and gave you faith and washed you clean and enabled you to be faithful, gave you all the grace you needed to obey him through the different difficult, low social status times of your life. So as he crowns you, he's going to get the glory. Jesus Christ will get all the glory, and you're going to get the great joy. So if you are in a low social status season of your life right now, and many of you I'm sure are, and every believer is at times, if that's where you are, God wants to speak to you, a word of comfort today, a word of encouragement today. He has not forgotten you. He has the crown. He's polishing the crown. He's looking forward to that day when at the end of history, Jesus comes back before all of humanity. He will say, I am pleased with you. You are doing the right thing. I want to exalt you for your faithfulness. Jesus will get the glory and you'll get the joy. Do you see how that's what James means in verse 9. Let the lowly brother boast, celebrate, rejoice in his exaltation. So if you're going through a low social status time, focus on that day when it's coming. There's going to be an exalting that's going to come by God's mercy for Jesus' glory and for your joy. It means exaltation, but it also means life. Did you notice verse 12? This crown is the crown of life the crown of life. What that means is that when you see Jesus Christ standing before you, you're going to be fully experiencing the life, the joy, the fullness of beholding him, worshiping, loving him. Let me explain it like this. Every believer in this life, we have times as we're praying, as we're in the scriptures, as we're studying God's word, as we're in fellowship, as we're in worship, we'll have times when, when God gives us a taste of, of the life, the fullness of Jesus, we taste his glory, we love him, we worship him, we'll have tastes of that through this life. But at the end of history, when you stand before Jesus Christ and behold him, that's not just going to be a taste. That's not just going to be an appetizer. That's going to be the full banquet. You'll go from seeing through a mirror dimly, like Paul describes in 1 Corinthians 13, to seeing him face to face. And when you see Jesus Christ face to face, your Savior, you'll see him, your Lord, you'll see him, your King right before you with love in his eyes, love in his heart towards you, wiping every tear from your eyes, saying, well done, good and faithful servant. When you see Jesus Christ face to face, that's when you will enjoy the full banquet of the life that Jesus died to give you, the life of knowing him, worshiping him, beholding him. And so the crown means both exaltation in front of all humanity and it means the full life. And that's why when you are going through low times, you need to preach to yourself, the crown is coming for Jesus' glory and for my joy. Start to preach that to yourself. The crown is coming for for Jesus' glory and for my joy. So if if you're in in a low place economically right now, struggling financially, maybe underemployed, James would say, preach to yourself, the crown is coming for Jesus' glory and for my joy. If you have people who are looking down on you, maybe you've been sick recently, maybe there's some medical difficulty, people are looking down on you for that, preach to yourself, the crown is coming for Jesus' glory and for my joy. If you have people at the workplace who know you're a Christian and are making fun of you from that, don't don't pull back, don't be intimidated, don't, don't feel small in Christ. Say, the crown is coming for Jesus' glory and for my joy. So preach that to yourself when you go through times of low social status, because it's true. The crown is coming, and it will be for Jesus' glory, and it will be to your joy. That's what James wants to say. Now, let me tell you about George Whitfield. He was used by God to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to England, the UK, as well as to the American colonies. This was in the 1700s. And he and John Wesley and the, and the other leaders he was involved with, they suffered greatly. They experienced great loss of social status. The newspapers mocked them. People, they'd walk in and tell people would throw rocks and mud upon them. They would be preaching and people would attack them. They experienced great lowering of social status. So George Woodfield knows what he's talking about when he writes this in his journal. Here's what he wrote one day. Oh, that we may learn to endure any pain, despise Any shame, submit to any difficulties from a believing prospect of what we shall hereafter enjoy when raised to glory at the right hand of God our Savior. It's exactly what James is talking about. Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation. Pain, shame, difficulties, yes, but we believe there's the prospect, there's the future. What we shall hereafter enjoy, raised to glory, the crown of life, seated at the right hand of God our Savior. So understand this, low social status in this world doesn't mean anything for the world to come. Means nothing for the world to come. Low social status here matters nothing for what God will do when he crowns you in the life to come. The path of following Jesus will often bring us into times of a lowering of social status. And when we face those times, preach to yourself, the crown is coming. The crown is coming. For Jesus' glory and for my joy, the crown is coming. That's what James says to believers who find themselves in a period of low social status. But that's not all that James says in this passage. He also wants to talk to believers with a high social status. Look at verses 9 and 10. Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation and let the rich brother boast in his humiliation. That's what James is saying here. So while believers who are in a low social status should boast in their future exaltation, Believers who are in a high social status now should boast in their future humiliation, their future humbling. And what humbling is he talking about? Let's read verses 9 through 11. You'll see what he says. Let the lowly brother boast in his exaltation and the rich in his humiliation because like a flower of the grass, he will pass away. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the grass its flower falls and its beauty perishes so also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits okay what james is saying here is that when when jesus comes back everything in this life that has counted for high social status it will all disappear and be gone it'll be gone so let's say for example god's brought you into a place of high social status Maybe you have a very important job. Maybe you are well-known, maybe famous. You have a home, you have a car to get around in, you have money to pay your bills. You're in a place of high social status. For Jesus' sake, you're not living a life of luxury. You're giving money away, helping the poor, building the church. You're, you're advancing the gospel, but you have a very you know uh, high-level job, famous, all these things. Now, if that's you, I'm sure there's some of you in this room who are in that place, Understand that when Jesus returns, your job will vanish, right? When Jesus returns, your earthly fame will be forgotten. When Jesus returns, the home and the car, whatever, that will all be gone. And it'll just be you and Jesus. And James says you should boast in that humbling. Boast in the fact that when you stand before Jesus, all the high social status you had here in this life will be gone. Why would you want to boast in that? Here's why. It's because all through your life, you haven't been living for that social status. That's not what you were living for. You've not been living for your glory, for your status. You've been living for Jesus' glory. You've been longing for Jesus to come back. You've used your position, status, and money to advance the kingdom, to, to build God's work, to build the church. And so you boast in celebrating the fact that when Jesus returns, all of those perks here are gone because you haven't been living for those. You've been living to stand before Jesus Christ to fall on your face and worship him. You've been living for his glory. And so when he returns and all those perks go and you see him in all of his glory standing before you saying, well done, good and faithful servant. You see him glorified and having saved men and women from every nation, tongue, and tribe. You will be thrilled even though all those perks are gone because you have the one you've been living for. You have the one who is your reward. You have the one who has been your ambition and your prize, Jesus Christ. That's what James is saying here. So, what do these verses mean for us then? I think there's three applications I'd like to bring us. Let's ponder these, pray about these. First of all, the first one is for us as Grace Church. Something struck me as I was studying this passage this week about where we are at as Grace Church right now. Okay, right now we are meeting here at the Westin, which is a place of high social status, right? Have you noticed Yes, we've all noticed. But we believe that this year, God is going to call us to leave the Weston and go to a building in Musafa, which is not as high social status as the Weston. Now, it's going to be a nice building, new building, comfortable building, children's rooms. It's going to be really wonderful. But it's not going to be the Weston. Okay? And... Some people might look down on a church that's meeting in Musafa. Right? Some people might not want to go to a church that's meeting in Musafa. But think about this. Musafa needs Bible-believing, evangelical, gospel-preaching church. Musafa is full of laborers who need the gospel of Jesus Christ. And many of them speak English. Not most, but many, many. Kashev was telling me this last week there's over 2 million laborers who live in the Musafa area. Many of them speak English. Many of them already know the Lord and are longing for a church fellowship. Think about that. And it's a lot harder for them to get over here to the Weston than it is for us to go to Masafa. That's why Jesus has called us to do this. So, don't get too comfortable here at the Weston. <laughs> Enjoy the Weston. We didn't plan on meeting here. This is the only place that opened up to us, so we're thankful we can be here, but let's not get too comfortable here. And as the time draws near for us to make the move, let's rejoice in our future exaltation. Because the day will come when Jesus returns and we of Grace Church, we will be there before him and you will receive the crown of life. And Jesus will say to all of humanity, I mean, he'll he'll say this to a lot. It's not that we're so special. He'll, He'll be doing lots of this crown handing out thing, okay? Right? It's not just us. But he will say, Grace Church, they did what I wanted them to do. Maybe some of you, humanity, looked down on them meeting there. This this was my call to them. They obeyed me. They followed me. Crown, 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 crown. So rejoice in your exaltation as we take a move towards a little bit of lower social status. It'll be good for us. So preach to yourself as you think about the move. The crown is coming. Jesus will be glorified. And I'll be joyful. That's the first application. Second, for those of you dealing with low social status, don't let this discourage you. Don't let this make you think God has abandoned you. God has not forgotten you. I think about the verse in Isaiah where God says, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. He's speaking to Israel, your walls are continually before me. Can a nursing woman forget her child? that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb. He says, even these may forget, I will never forget you. The fact that you are in a time of low social status right now does not mean God has forgotten you. God has led you there. God has lovingly, wisely allowed you to be there. Every believer goes through seasons, maybe long seasons, of low social status. And so what you need to realize is that the day is coming When Jesus will return and he will crown you with the crown of life. You'll receive the crown of life. And so now boast in your future exaltation. He will, before all of humanity, say, I'm pleased with this one, this son, this daughter. I'm pleased. They were obeying me. They were following me. They were right where I called them to be. You'll be exalted for Jesus' glory and for your joy. So preach to yourself. If you're in a place of low social status right now, don't feel inferior. Don't think God has left me. I must be doing something wrong. Boast in your future exaltation. Boast in it. The crown's coming. Preach it to yourself. The crown is coming for Jesus' glory and for my joy. The crown is coming. So rise up, be strong, love, serve. Don't be ashamed. This is where God's called you, and the crown is coming. Boast in it. Third, for those of you experiencing a time of high social status, boast in your future humbling. When Jesus comes back, and all that status will be gone. Job will be gone. Fame will be gone. It'll all be gone. Boast in it, because those are just tools that God gave you to advance his kingdom. You weren't living for those status symbols, were you? Were you? If you are, don't. Do you see where those are going to go? The day will come and it'll be poof. They'll be gone and it'll be you standing before Jesus Christ with none of those accolades. So don't live for those now. Listen, you have like this long to live and, and those are tools God's given you to use for his kingdom. And then you've got eternity with Jesus. So now live for Jesus. Don't get sucked into the accolades. Don't put your security in the status. Don't live for more of that status. Don't be up and down with your status. Live for Jesus. The crown is coming. The true crown. This is not the true crown, the status here. The true crown is coming where he will say, well done, good and faithful servant. It'll be for his glory and for your joy. So preach this to yourself. If you are in a time of high social status right now, the true crown is coming. Not this status, but the true crown, Jesus, for his glory and for my joy. Let's pray about this together. Father, I pray for your power to come upon us right now. And that by your Holy Spirit, you would be stirring in our hearts exactly what we need to be hearing from this, exactly what we need to be taking away from this, I pray that you'd give this to us right now. Lord, I pray for those who are in a time of low social status. I pray, Lord, that you would give them a glimpse of what it will mean for them to receive the crown of life, where you will honor them before all of humanity as having been faithful to your call. And let them take heart in that. Let them boast, celebrate, rejoice in that. I pray right now, give them a taste of that. Lord, those here who have high social status, Lord, guard their hearts from being drawn into seeking those things. Let them seek you and your glory, and as you give those to them, let them use them as tools to advance your kingdom and let their hearts be set upon Jesus.